25 seconds long so i had to like pull it down and and then i didn't want to leave out brady snark because that was the I mean, that's the, that's, whole, that's the, whole, that's the reason, whole reason we did it the whole reason for existence is brady snark <laughs> Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are two guys on the knock list, Martin and Brady. If you're dealing with a man who has crushed, shot, stabbed, and detonated five members of his own IMF team, how devastated do you think you're going to make him by hauling mom and Uncle Donald down to the county courthouse? Mr. Hunt, this isn't mission difficult, it's mission impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. This week, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to revisit the start of the Mission Impossible movie franchise with the tech-forward Mission Impossible from 1996, as well as the John Woo-directed Mission Impossible 2 from 2000. Start of Mission Impossible March, guys. It is. Welcome. Did you guys enjoy going back? When was the last time you saw these? So I went back uh, within like a year or two and watched one, three, and four, I think, just to kind of... Get, I don't know why I skipped two. I feel like I skipped. I thought I didn't skip I know it, why you skipped two, and we'll yeah, get to it. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Uh, <laughs> um, and, I, and I remember not liking one at all, but I'm, I'm this time watching it again, I'm like, yeah, no, it's not that bad. So that's interesting because I think when we were bringing these up, talking about doing these movies, that was the consensus was that one and two weren't that good. And I watched one, and I was like, I think I like that. Yeah. I think it's pretty entertaining. and Especially I, for 96. Yeah. I, the joke of t- being tech forward is the uh, <laughs> there are some techno- technological advances that have happened since then. <laughs> like, you know, cassette tapes <laughs> right out of the gate. I was like, oh, man, Martin's going to love this. <laughs> We're taping. <laughs> Little uh, Walkmans and uh, floppy disks. Well, even yeah. the internet. I mean, it all, yeah. it just, oh, it's, God, the internet. The, the emails. <laughs> the emails it's across the board. Like, the tech has changed. Usernets. <laughs> but the funny part is, is at the time, yeah. I feel like that was trying to be tech forward. Oh, yeah. Yes. And being like, this is advanced It's like stuff. Sandra Bullock's The Net. <laughs> you know, you know, you know I didn't movie. watch that shit. <laughs> Let me guess. It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's bad with, with the tech tech type situation. But but no, I, I remember the reason I, I went back a few years ago and watched them was because the, the last three, which we'll get to, right. but are so good that I'm like, I just wanted to kind of revisit and see, you know, see the genesis of, of, of that whole thing. So, so yeah, I think, um, I think I'm excited to, to keep moving forward. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that I think both of these weren't, weren't as bad as, as I thought. Like I enjoy, I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun. There were parts when I was like, what happened? And I will say full disclosure, I was in an altered state when I watched the first one. Um, but I'm never not. <laughs> <laughs> but there were parts of it where I'm just like, what the, f- how, who thought this through? Like, did you guys consult anybody else when you were talking about this? And, there, and we'll get to a couple of those things. The second one, oh my goodness, that one, the rails were gone, I think. And uh, there were some there were some points where I'm just like, "What are we doing here?" Well, let's uh, let's let's dive into one. Start with first, yeah. Yeah, and I, right right out of the gate, I was like, "Amelia!" <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot Amelia. <laughs> totally Estevez forgot Estevez. He existed. doesn't have that much t- screen time, I guess. Is why he sure doesn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert: He's got his red light, green light. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but I was like, right out of the, I was like, "Is that 
Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah, did not remember Emilio Estevez being part of this franchise. Yeah. Say. And I think what, what bugged me is like, it was kind of, I feel like from the from the opening scene, they tried to make it more like the TV show or something like that. Like they zoomed in on the old old um, TV screen, right? And like we're, we're doing their whole, we have a, a different mask. Like that's like the thing that they keep going throughout the movies They really well. like the mask. They really love the mask. Thing. <laughs> they got the yeah. mask box from Smoking Aces. It was like the precursor <laughs> to all that. Yeah. You got to keep them. <laughs> Question, how good do you think that could ever be? Well, I think they make it better in the in the later releases. Yeah. Like yeah. the the... The technology gets better where you could make it actually better, but back then it couldn't have been that good. Yeah. Like there's there's no way. Like no. it had to be just like a you're almost as good as like the mask and point break at that point, right? Like <laughs> it's it's just funny how much they go to it. Uh well the second one, I guess, more so. But the I remembered it. I, I almost didn't think it was part of the very first one. Yeah. And I was curious, and maybe you guys know or don't know like how much the first one was a representation of the show. Well, that's what I remember seeing reruns of it as a kid, but I don't remember anything of it. Like, have you, I feel like Jelani, you would have maybe gone back and like seen. Some I, I actually haven't gone back and visited, but I'm, I was the same way as you. Like I've seen it. I knew of it. I knew obviously, the you know, the theme song, yeah. right? It's and that's what yeah. I said as a kid, it was the most exciting to me. was just watching one the of intro. the more famous theme songs. Oh I yeah. Mean, it's gotta be, or right, maybe not down. famous, but maybe like well easily known. identifiable. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it, it pays homage to like that, and then the Jim Phelps character mm-hmm. is yes. from the original show. Yeah. I think he was the only one that came through. Yeah, and Ethan then, Hunt. I look. I looked back, and they didn't have that, right. that character. So they started a there. new. I I think part of the thing, like the the lore and the fun of it, was all of the hey, we're gonna go and accomplish all these tasks without like the violence. You know, like Ethan's whole mindset in the first one is like, hey, let's just. We'll go and do the job. We'll use our you know tricks and tools and things like that. And everybody's in and out, clean. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets killed. Wasn't that big of action stuff? Yeah, right? it, was it was more more, more espionage. Yeah, yes. So I was I was very very keen on that and very like enjoyed that. And then I I like the movies where they kind of like walk you through the plan. Like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna you know go through this. We're gonna use this person. Like. Let me see how the plan comes together. And a lot of movies, by the way, I went back and I watched The A-Team, which... <laughs> the movie. Yeah, the movie, which, funny enough, uh, Kittredge yeah. is in The A-Team movie. And, but the, like there they play it out and they walk you through the plan, but that's the plan. Like As they're walking through and talking about it, it's actually going on. It's actually happening. Versus this one where they kind of lay it out and then they go back. Yeah, through. they don't tell you how they're going to get past all the things that they lay out, the... the um, uh, you can't raise the room t- temperature of the room. You can't raise the uh, voice level or decibel meter that yeah. they had. I almost said decimeter. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then then you see how he does it with the suspension. You know, so, yeah. Which which that that that's, scene. That's I, an iconic I scene. Yeah, I would say for sure. Um, I feel like he went back to it a few times, right? Like Tom Cruise on. So we'll see if it happens later on in the movies. I, I don't remember. I think. Well, I just think it resonated when that movie hit. So yeah. it was this mega. If nothing else, you everyone saw that, yeah, it was that propelled down to like right above the floor. Yeah. Um, I did see that they said he kept hitting his head every time over and over again, and then he put coins in his shoes. I to think, weigh him down as a as an off a counterbalance, oh. and uh, that's how they did it. Rolls of quarters. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the things I was going to say because these movies, like the franchise, is famous for Cruz doing his own stunts. Yes, and yeah. I wonder if that started with one and then just continued on through. 
Yeah, I think so. Based okay. off everything I've heard and seen. Yeah, he was adamant. I don't think it was like 100%, but it was like a lot. And it yeah. was a lot of the stuff that they didn't need him to do. But he he said it had to be, you know, in order to, to get it right or to make sure it was yeah. it looked like him. Well, that, yeah, that vault scene and or, you know, stealing the, the, the knock list um, was great. But I think it ended with the, you know, the train and the helicopter. That was just... That was like it felt like they. It was all green screen. They it saved their very bad their uh, like special effects budget for like the last scene and like more so than some of the other stuff. That would I, I would and, and funnily enough, I I feel like that's almost like the second most iconic scene, like the him yes. him like landing onto the train. You yeah, know, which I don't really know how why he would have been propelled forward that much. It, 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 that's a, the physics faster, were all off. Faster all than of uh, I don't know if that's where Giovanni was getting hung up. No, but <laughs> honestly, like. I mean, I can go into some of the physics, but like the explosion would still propel him forward because he's still moving as fast as the train is, right? Right. So, I mean, yes, the splash of the explosion would keep him. He's already moving at you know two hundred miles an hour, so then that would blow him forward. But yeah, there. Did you when you guys were watching it? And I again, I was in an altered state. Did the sound go out? Like when the helicopter, when Jean Renault comes and latches on at the very beginning, he's chasing him. Like, was there just no sound? Like before oh, the sound, before like the theme song cuts in, like it felt like there was maybe two or three minutes of them like fighting on the top of the train, and it was just silent. Hmm. Like uh, you didn't hear like the wind whistling by. Well, that's all you heard. Oh, you just heard wind and them fighting. And I yeah, maybe that's right. I, I did yeah. remember that. I, I didn't notice it as yeah, as, I didn't notice as it as off. It just it just looked funny seeing well, John Voight climbing out there. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, Jean Renault. Like just when he when he actually tried to you know like go after Tom Cruise by tilting the helicopter blades to, to cut him. I'm like, would, that would never. <laughs> Why would you do it? You would never do that. And yeah. he would never fit in the tunnel and the tra- the two trains. Someone did it after. After what? they did really? that, someone flew through a tunnel. Well, in the you just threw my whole theory <laughs> Yeah, <out. laughs> Sorry, buddy. Very real. Very, very possible. But yeah, I, I felt like that was one thing that you couldn't do in a movie today because it was just like, and again, maybe it was me just thinking really, crazily but i felt yep. like there was no sound there was just wind there was just ambient noise or whatever and it's like yeah people would be like what is going on like why is why is there no sound and then the you feel like song, you wanted a score or score or something yeah game. like give me give me some background music you know hit me that with a uh i don't know who did the music for this one i'll tell you who did the music for give the me some tubas one. some strings <laughs> yeah give me some strings right <laughs> little little horns or something you know just give me a little tension or whatever but where's hans zimmer when you need him <laughs> he's coming he's coming <laughs> he's coming say, he's coming <laughs> but then like the some of the tech that you were talking about in the beginning like i i love like the mad the magnetic screwdriver when they're up in the cia yeah, building and cool. like, it unscrews and stuff yep. like that uh, danny elfman did the music that's right he did I remember seeing his his name on the top. I was like, ah, Danny. I yep. mean, it wasn't S- bad. But. Simpsons theme song, man. <laughs> and what's his band? Boingo, Boingo. You got it. That's yeah. right. I knew you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> but then the 230 megabyte floppy disk has all of the data from <laughs> the CIA. Yeah. That is funny. So like, what and... Like I remember, I love the movie Hackers. I haven't seen it in forever, but they were. I remember at one point they're like talking about the modem that they have. He's like, "Whoa, you have like a, you know, 16. And I was like, "That's slow as fuck." <laughs> and then I think we all experienced this growing up. Like if you were downloading something and the internet went out and it just erased the entire download, like there was no cache, no partial downloads. You're just like, 
<laughs> when they're on the train and yeah. waiting for it to go, you're just like, damn it. Damn you, Napster. <laughs> <laughs> um, Definitely on the Napster, Napster front for, uh, for most of us in that regard. Sorry, I have one more question. And yeah. Let's get on the tech. So once he gets disavowed and he blows up all the fish tank at the restaurant, like biggest fish tanks ever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of water in those. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of water. <laughs> Does he go to the disavowed list through the IMF computer to find Luther and Krieger? Yeah, I think so. How does he still have access? They didn't well, block his yeah, fair. privileges out. Like This happens in the Minority Report, too. Like He uses his eyeball, and he goes, and he gets back into the building. Like, no, you're a criminal. Why would you still have access to all of these high-tech facilities? You know, the admin stuff sometimes slips through the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> I did, did not pick up on that. Little take technicality there. I did actually. I, I thought the same thing. Like, shouldn't probably would be out. I know, stopped worrying about flags. it once once the emails yeah came came through. Once he started right, just Job. Did, did he just uh, figure out those email addresses on on his own? Like, just again. started like, oh, it might be Job at John or jo- yeah, I'm sorry at Job three sixteen. Yeah, Job three sixteen. Yeah, it's like. And did he? How many? Is that did how he, email addresses work? And how did many did ever? he send? Did, yeah. he, did he send one in Polish, uh, he tired. And Swedish, he did it for a long time, yeah. Russian, and all of these? Like he went through the all the Eastern European languages just to figure this out. Like I'll say, we uh, we touched on you know Emilio, and I know you mentioned John, uh, Voigt, and and John, John and John, um, comedy the, duo, the uh, <laughs> uh, the Emmanuel Bert. Bert, Bert, sure feels right. The love interest angle was it felt like forced, yeah, a little bit <laughs> pushed, a little bit. Felt like they were trying really hard to uh, make that be nothing. Uh, yeah, I just it just didn't really work in any way, shape, or form. But she, you know, she's clearly cool with Voight, who, despite him bad, literally saying he's stuck in a bad marriage. Like, I, was that not with her? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> and why did he shoot her at the end for that reason? Probably because he just wanted the money and he'd get yeah. out of it. Yeah, it just it, it seemed like it seemed like it was not a, not a good plan at the, by the end. <laughs> but. So speaking of the end, he's sitting there in hiding, watching Tom Cruise pretend to be him, but letting that all play out right. instead of just shooting Tom doing Cruise. that. And why didn't he just shoot him before he put the glasses on? Like, yeah, he's like, I'm just going to do this really slowly. But you're not going to shoot me. I don't, it, it all by the end there was was just kind of up for grabs. Yeah. <laughs> But whatever we yeah, the plot kind of lost the plot. I, th- but I that's think fine. I think we said we liked this, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did. I did to. I, I think maybe I just gave, I'm forgiving a lot of. A I lot think of I these found things. it entertaining yeah. for an overall an entertaining movie, and I felt like it was somewhat suspenseful early. I think you probably hit on it. It's like the first sixty percent of the movie is probably the best part of the movie, and then it starts to to wean a little bit, and from there you end up. It doesn't get terrible by any means, but it does start to have some flaws that are kind of glaring in my opinion yeah and i remember the the first first time watching this in 96 liking you know the the reveal of the the drake hotel type thing like where it's something that you have to pay attention to in the beginning (laughs) (laughs) exactly like something you have to pay attention to early on some trivial detail that um that comes up later and that's how you know that's how he knows and the way he played it too with um with john voight like that he knew it was him, but he's like, no, of course it was Kittrich. And, and they show the, that whole scene. I kind of like how that was done. Yeah. Um, so I think it was fairly well handled by Brian De Palma, but there were some things that felt like very, I don't, I don't know if you guys, have you guys seen a lot of his movies or like know his direction style? I've seen a handful of his stuff. So he's like known for 
Carrie and Scarface and The Untouchables. Dog Day? Um, did he do Dog, Dog Day, Day Afternoon? Mike, was that not him? No, that's uh, Sidney Lumet. Yeah. He did Snake Eyes, which is just a really bad movie. That's wild. Movie. And I, <laughs> it's, it's I all, remember, that's that's off Cage. the rails. Nick Cage, yeah. yeah. Nick Cage, and Gary I remember, Sinise, I remember Carla watching Gugino. it years later and it. being like, yeah. Everyone loves Carla Gugino. Oh, yeah. um, Wait, Carla? <laughs> <laughs> I remember like watching like the first hour of it and being like, or maybe half hour or something, and just being like, oh, this is good. And then it's just, it completely loses it and just gets really, really bad. And he, it, he did Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. I said. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. The first, the first Carrie. So yeah, he, he has like a, a good sense of like horror. And I feel like some of that kind of, kind of popped through here. Like he had that dream, you know, ghost sequence of John Voight, um, oh. a little bit of like terror-ish i'll check out the uh dancing in the dark music video from springsteen apparently he's he did that too oh that's the one with um uh courtney? What's monica yeah courtney, courtney Cox. Cox. um doing doing the dance doing the carlton dance <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice um but but yeah like there was there's all those like paranoid camera angle scenes like where he like tilts them and and i, I feel like that's very brian brian de palma he doesn't doesn't do a lot of it but you could you could tell it's like him and his style, but he's never really, I don't think he's done like a ton of big budget action. This might've been his first foray into it. And again, not altogether yeah, terrible, it. but it Carlito's way was three years before this yeah. and before mission impossible. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this was a, it was a big movie at the time. I remember everyone was excited for a Tom Cruise mission impossible movie, but I, I don't think I would have predicted that it would have went to the lengths that it's going to in the, into the future. I yeah. Guess we, and I don't think they did either. I yeah. think you could see as we get into mission impossible too, that they're kind of trying to get it there. And they, you know, they started by bringing in John Woo to direct the second one and bringing the names. Yeah. It was just like, okay. And honestly, I felt a lot like we did when we watched the fast and furious franchise, like they're searching to try yeah. and like find their muse and they haven't found it yet. Cause he's coming later, but quickly, uh, McTiernan was almost the director of the first one. Yeah, that would have been interesting. <laughs> I'm a big McTiernan. Fan. I know. That's why I, 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 I saw a couple different, we know notes, our audience. and that one, uh, that one jumped out. I was like, I'll have to make sure Jelani's aware. I think Cruz picked woo, uh, specifically. I think they tried to get to Palma back and he didn't want to do it. And then they, they, they picked woo and, that just was not a good choice. <laughs> There's too many weird things that so went on in that film. We're jumping in the sec- second one. I think so. Um, Unless you have something else about no, the first. I'm, I'm fine with it. I, yeah, I. Um, you guys didn't like it at all. I liked. I think John Woo did a good job. With I it. thought it wasn't very good. There were maybe the, I just really like Tandy. Uh, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. She's a lot to like. Yeah, looks dramatically younger than. I mean, I just started in Westworld, I guess. Yeah, Westworld, you know? right. So yeah. it's like, there's, and it's been a lot of time. I mean, that's not a, not a flaw by any means, but it was just like, oh, wow. I was like, was she like new? This feels I, like. I think this was kind she, of the first time She had been that? in an interview with a vampire with him. Oh. And then she got recommended by Nicole Kidman, his wife, because she had just worked with her in something. And that's how she got it. I thought I thought she was great in this. Like, I, I, I don't know. I really, maybe it carried a lot more of the movie for me. I just didn't like the bad guy. Yeah, Du Gray Scott. He was just where? Where did he come from? I figured you. I figured you would know, Jelani. I've seen him in a handful of things here and there, but um, I have. I have a tidbit about Du Gray that I think you guys. So this we can wait, but this movie had a huge impact on like movies af- that came after, not just in the franchise, but the filming was so long on this. Like they, it took them an extremely long time to get the movie done, just because of delays over and over again, and because of it, Du Gray was supposed to be. Logan slash Wolverine in X Men, and because of this kept going over, he couldn't do it, and that's when how Hugh Jackman. What when was X Men though? What year? 
2000. 2000. Oh, really? It was that yeah. late? God, I, I thought it was earlier, too. And the filming just went over schedule, and then he got, Dugray got hurt in a motorcycle accident. Poor guy. And he could have been the next thing. <laughs> well, you didn't like him. <laughs> no, I didn't like him. But so, I still, it, like, maybe I would have more if was he it, had a chance. Right. Were they just on uh, in Australia when they were filming this, trying to talk to Dugray, and they're like, ah, oh, this is taking too long. Hey, Hugh, why don't you come on over? <laughs> it was, the, that they said, like, obviously it's a what if. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it could have been like, maybe, oh, yeah, he wasn't that great in Mission Impossible 2, but everyone loved him maybe in X-Men. He, but maybe he ruins X-Men. You know, it's yeah, like maybe that. that isn't, he just isn't the guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hugh Jack, it's, it's hard right. to see anyone but Hugh Jackman. And I mean, he nailed it for right. a few years. I don't know if I, I didn't care for some of the stylings that Wu did. Wu that he, it was just like, it you, was too much. You could tell right out of the gate. So the whole rock climbing thing right, right out of the gate. And you're like, well, this is just a different type of movie entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, it advanced in year a couple years later, but it was dramatic. Like, and that's first of all, that was also amazing. Like, yeah. amazingly shot, just crazy. And I mean, again, it didn't look. It looked very real. So I don't know I'm how they. Pulled I'm that sure off. They, it was, he, but I'm sure they like had him on cable. There was and some stuff. cables yeah. involved, but yeah, uh, just, just and then they were digitally removed. Those. And then the overhang stunt was performed by his main stunt double. Got it. Uh, and because Wu, Wu said he was terrified every single time that Cruz was out there because he thought he was going to be responsible for killing for killing Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember there was a lot of. I think there was a lot of hype for this movie. I think so. That's why I think it took. Well, it took so long. Like four years for between them. Between the I think two. they were going to make it, and it was really coming to build it up and try to be huge. Hence the John Wu. Right. Have you guys? Like, have you seen his other, like, his early movies? Any of his, like, Hard Boiled or The Killer? Like, the foreign language ones? No. 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 Have you only seen, like, Face Off and Hard Target and Broken Arrow? Yes, I've no, seen, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Hard, Hard Target, Target, but I've yeah. seen the other two. I, I don't think I've seen Hard Target yet. Did to... he do The Replacement Killers? Um, no. That's just Chow Young Fat and Mira Sorvino, right? I don't... S- Oh no, he did. He did in '98. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've seen that one. That one too. I don't know. I I kind of what the movie what the replacement killers. John Woo didn't direct that. Oh, it shows up here. I'm looking at his list and there's nothing. '98's Blackjack. That's it. Um, let's see who directed. Oh, it's Fuqua. Oh, okay. But it shows up in a list of you know. It's sorry, Google. <laughs> Google messed it up. <laughs> if it, it's under his movies, but not. Uh, maybe in an he's official source, a producer or something? yeah, maybe he's so- somehow involved. Yeah, in I was it. like, I'm looking at his director. So when you said that, I was like, well, how am I missing this? It's not there. My, um, ba- my bad. Yeah, he yeah. did a TV movie named called Blackjack. <laughs> oh, but I like as we're watching, I was just like, did did it feel like there was like a overly red tint to the movie? At the, um, like in the beginning, well, it was bright because I obviously considerably compared to what I felt like it was a dark movie on the first one. Yeah, was shot in. I mean that might be part of his style. Like you, you know, one of his things is having the the birds, like the pigeon, the, the with the doves. doves yeah, the there's pigeons. always got to be a dove. So he started out with the pigeons, and there's like that's such a stupid like, thing. But it was before. I always have a pigeon. Yeah, but cool. I mean, he did it starting in like nine in the 1990. You know, for like it, a long. It was dumb then. All right, all right, that, uh, that's fair. That's a really weird <laughs> trademark to be like. This is gonna be my thing. <laughs> I don't know. I remember thinking again when I was a kid, when I was ten in nineteen ninety, I thought it was kind of cool. But well, maybe, maybe the not uh, nailed it. <laughs> the additional like kung fu or martial arts styles that he gave to Ethan Hunt were just like, really? Does he need to do all of the spinning kicks and the 
the one there were some unnecessary uh, aerial kicks <laughs> right like the the fight scene at the end was pretty ridiculous yeah. so to, see i was paying attention uh, i was trying to pay attention to see if it was tom cruise or if it was um <laughs> you know a stunt double if you could tell ever and it, it did look like it was tom cruise so again i don't know if you're if you're John Woo and you're known for that that kind of thing, I didn't I didn't hate it. I get it. I I, I'm surprised it. that I'm defending it, and no. you guys are both anti. You know what? I'm I don't surprised know why. too. <laughs> uh, and I think I love Face Off so much. It lost me. I think he <laughs> lost me in the car chase in the very in the beginning between Cruz and and Newton when they're up on the cliff and they're slow mowing, like spinning sideways. And I was like, "This yeah, is that was stupid." <laughs> Mary was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "I I mean, it's indefensible." <laughs> don't worry. There's a dove though. <laughs> and a ton of slow mo. That was the other thing. It there was, was I don't mind so the much slow mo. It was so much slow mo. Overdone. Yeah, I think I like. I definitely like John Woo as a director more than you guys do. But I I, I agree with that chart. Uh, the car chase scene. Um, and then she ends they're up just like, dangling out the edge. Yeah. it was just they're too much. slowly staring at and each other. It was other so staring, unnecessary. Like, what? Yes, yeah, so unnecessary. So unnecessary. They weren't even. They were. They're flirting with each other, you know. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that that was too much. I agree with. I so agree with that. I will say though, uh, for not liking the movie, I will say one of the things I saw was Wu's first cut uh, was three and a half hours long. Ooh. And Paramount was like, no chance, and that so they, the tough. final length could not exceed two hours. So that explains why there are so many holes. And I will say that definitely could be a, con- a contributing factor to me not liking it as much is there was a lot of things I felt like that just kind of jumped and maybe I wouldn't like a three and a half hour movie, but it, I, I, a longer version might be two twenty might've been able to be, uh, be done studios. I feel like I get it. You can't have a movie be too long, but I think studios sometimes are idiotic about trying to compress it. Yeah. Take yeah. away. Like that's part they of don't the trust story, the audience though. to uh, be able to right. sit through. Uh, if, if you're going to make it a coherent story, We'll sit through a little bit extra if, as long as it makes yeah. the story makes sense. Like, right? Why pay a, your, a big star and a and a big director to make a movie and then be like, well, this is, this is yeah too long. Just chop it up and we'll, we'll put that out. Like that that doesn't make any sense. Um, when did Face Off come out? I, was like, I think it was like ninety seven. Ninety seven. I yep. was gonna say ninety six, ninety seven. So just thinking about that, like Wu was like, hey, last time I had a microchip to change your voice. How about we just tape something to your throat? Make that a little bit easier. But then let's keep switching faces. I love that idea. <laughs> just have somebody else have Tom Cruise's face. You flip the other guy's face. It's great. It'll work. It worked once before. We'll do it again. Go back to the well. Oh, so you don't, do you love Face Off or no? Is it one of the, I, I feel like you should, but. I like it. I like. You don't love it though. I okay. don't love it. Okay. There, there are parts of it that I enjoy. The JT Money allusion to it in the there's a rapper jt money uh-huh. and he had a a video and it was basically the prison scene with the super mario boots jt money. yeah <laughs> i haven't heard that in a while <laughs> which is just hilarious like the callback to that and like and i'm walking around because the boots were magnetic and yeah they yeah they out. pinned them down to the to the ground yeah. right but isn't, then isn't it a kanye rap too or something face off like face off or something no Maybe not Kanye. Somebody, somebody else. Come on, you guys were you guys were gonna gonna know that one if anyone. Well, we did know that it wasn't Kanye. <laughs> I want to go into a couple of things about like the score and the cat or the music and stuff, but let's talk about the cast first. Yeah, I was I was like, did they just hire Anthony Hopkins to do the voiceover, and he, then he just appears, and I'm like, he, what? He came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it's like that was what? funny. So here's a little the other tidbit I was saving for you that was initially offered to uh, Sir Ian McKellen, and he had a previous theater engagement, and had he accepted the role due to the long filming, he wouldn't have been in X Men. 
He would not. Uh, it would have prevented him from playing Gandalf in Lord of the Rings and Magneto. would have missed out on X-Men. So this movie had a major impact on, <laughs> on, the, on Marvel better, X-Men. Theoretically, bar, better start. Well, think of not being Gandalf, too. I mean, sure, yeah. it could have been done, but that's like a very well-known role for him. That's a huge role. You shall not you pass. Shall not pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you picturing him or Jason Siegel? Siegel? <laughs> Yeah, and then you go. Down. Thankfully, he comes back. Hopkins resurfaces later because it did feel like was like was he in this for like one minute? That's so random. Right. I literally I was like surprise, surprise, Anthony Hopkins for a second, but he does he does at least come back involved. And then did you guys recognize the second henchman or the second in command? I don't think I did until I was looking at the cast later. Okay, mm-hmm. so the second in command is William Mopfer. Mop. Fer, is that I don't know say? how to pronounce it. Anyways, he was Ethan. Oh yeah, sorry, that's not who I was thinking of. But yes. Oh. He was Ethan and Lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wallace. But do you know who else he is? I found that out after the fact. Mm-mm. That's Tom Cruise's cousin. Oh, I think I, I think I had heard that once long ago, but I totally forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon I did more of the and Lost. Lost was well after this, right? It was 2004. Yeah. Or something. It was um, I did the Lost co- connection uh, yeah. right away. Yeah, um, but later on, I saw that he was a cousin. And I was going to bring that up in case uh, that was unknown because I didn't. I don't think I had heard that before. Ethan from the Tailies. Wait, <laughs> but he's not a Tailey, and he's not really a big enough actor to be really known. Um, so one of the guys I didn't catch uh, looking at the cast list was Dominic Purcell. I saw him briefly. Yeah, I did. Uh, I saw him. There, it was when they were going to. He was at Prison Break. Take mm-hmm. over Brendan Gleeson's. Um, the lab. Yeah. And he was one of the henchmen yeah. in the lab. Like, he was Ulrich. I was like, I don't recall seeing him. So I'm like, he must have been not that big of a part. But uh, Brendan Gleeson, speaking, right? of, speaking of people, what a, a, a great actor to, to be kind of just thrown in the mix there for uh, a short period of time. Yeah. Absolutely. I also like the, uh, we talked about this guy on another, uh, Roddy? Rade? Oh, Rod Schaberga? Shab- yeah. Sure, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know I know the actor. The guy yeah, the doctor at the very beginning yeah. who uh who doesn't last long, but he he was in something else that we watched, I think, and I remember Ah, uh, he is in the greatest Wahlberg movie of all time. Shooter. Is it? oh yeah. <laughs> he is. He's in the, the Saint Chim- the Batman, guy. Batman begins. Snatch. Yeah, he's a yeah, I remember him from Snatch. He's apparently still alive because he's still making movies. <laughs> he's the one they put the the bag over his head. Have you seen Snatch? Yeah. What do you mean? I did. I thought that was one of the ones you haven't seen. Guy Ritchie Snatch. Yeah, yeah I love Snatch. Oh, that, yeah. I would have been Lock, really surprised. Okay. Martin had said no to that. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that they have the bag over his head, and he's like wandering out in the street, and then gets hit by the car. I'm surprised right. Martin wasn't retracing part of Snatch <laughs> last weekend in London. Yeah, there was a <laughs> couple of other stops in uh, in the first movie. I was going to see if you had visited him. Like, yeah, there's the Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Street. Yes, uh, oh, I was. He said I was Harry Potter. Guys, he's did some things. He's been working. He's, he's been. In he's stuff. been doing some yeah. work. Um, what did you guys think of the whole virus aspect? That's just not present. It's just not. A, it's not topical. <laughs> <laughs> Why even bring it up? Yeah. <laughs> no one's well, gonna believe the thought, virus is gonna. What I thought was funny problems. is is how yeah, like that they had to just the way it was spread. Right, it had to be injected, but it was going to be the super super spreadable thing. But but no one else was contagious. Like they weren't contagious if they had if they were injected with it so i don't know it's just again living in living through a pandemic for the last 2 years but, you're like nope i call bullshit on all that but didn't they say it, it was cuz that's why they put her out in the yeah that's why they were the going to put her out in the middle of the square but like it took 20 hours for it to get contagious is that why cuz everyone else was around her that whole time 
Yeah. They're standing right next to her without masks. <laughs> <laughs> Mask out, people. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know that one. I didn't get I mean, I get it and I understand it, but it was just it, like, it, it wasn't presented in a way that really I wouldn't have thought twice about it except that I knew we were going to talk about it. We're, and, uh, we're virus and, heavy. And, and we're, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're obviously, it's on top of everyone's mind. So it just seemed a little, a little weird. Did you guys get any, uh, any gladiator feels this week from the, from the music? Uh-uh. I uh, was it? Why? So there were a couple times when there was like gladiator-esque songs that were tunes that were in the background and stuff like that. And I was like, why do I feel like they're doing like, cause we talked about yeah, this during Ridley, um, Ridley Scott and, or not Ridley Scott, Tony Scott, Tony Scott, sorry. Right. And man on fire last week. And then I was like, yeah, I got a, a few of those. Cause Hans Zimmer did the score for this. He, oh, that's what, we, that's what, and it's right after right he did that. Gladiator. So again, he was uh, like, Hey, he, he I got some, I got some tunes somewhere. left over. Let me throw a few here and there. Yeah. There's a random song. Uh, so the song I disappear by Metallica. Yeah. Uh, on the soundtrack for this movie's, the was the an early unfinished version of that song was was what leaked on Napster and started the infamous Lars Ulrich Metallica versus Napster. That's the song from this movie. La, that always pissed me off about Metallica and Lars, Lars more specifically. He, like, he became pretty hateable. Yeah, totally right. <laughs> he, he always just seemed like kind of a douche, but that made it worse. Well, I think it's when and everyone just like realized his name was Lars. It was just like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other part is he's not the front man. So people like this yeah. Lars guy. If if you're not a Metallica fan, you're like, I don't know him. I know right. James Hatfield. Like yeah. that's who I picture as Metallica, not right. The guy sitting in the back bald and he was like guy. a founding member though. Yeah, so, no. I mean yeah. he's yeah. I think people he's well known. And you know, in terms of fighting, he was essentially fighting for artists' rights to a degree, but it just yeah, we all liked free shit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I wasn't buying CDs. Way to be on the wrong side of history, Lars. <laughs> I don't care about your millions. I need some new music. The second, the second one had Limp Bizkit do the, the theme, right? Wasn't it? They did. They I'm did a sure. song. They did a song. I don't, I don't know, know if they did the theme. Right. The theme oh. wasn't. I mean, the theme is the theme, right? So they didn't really reinterpret it. I thought they did. I thought they were the ones that Some, actually... No, like, somebody else did. It wasn't Limp Biscuit. I saw that note. I don't know why I didn't make it. It wasn't Limp Biscuit though. Yeah. I just know that they had a song, because at the end of the credits, if you watch, there's the Metallica comes in, and you're like, yep, that's Metallica, and then Limp Biscuit came through next, and you were just like, oh, yep, that's about right for them. Um, they did Take a Look Around, I guess. It was the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Yeah. So yep. maybe they just put a little bit in. Two issues that I had, besides what we've already talked about, was... When they, when Do Gray Scott goes and he's like, I want stock options. Yep. Why not just get stock instead of the options? Did you, did you, were you thinking like of trading, trading places and trying to figure out how, yeah, how I, this deal worked? Well, so, and if it was sound. So if I understand <laughs> stock options, you still have to buy the stock. Yeah. And then, but that, that, that he did that, I think, to have, because he wanted to buy the stock. He wanted to buy it on the low side, knowing And then he wanted good. to have that 51% control. Yeah, but you already have control of the guy. He's the CEO. Just have him give you the stock. Then you don't have to buy it. Why spend the money to buy the stock that you know is going to go up? Just give me the shares. Demand the shares. Just sounded cooler to say, I think. I want the stock options. I think it's the <laughs> money and, and actually the you know, exercises the options. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. you still got there. I just I I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying. It, it and I'm, felt stupid. Like I have this guy at gunpoint. I can just get the shares, and then I can have more than fifty one percent control. So I did. That was one. And then the other one, which again is a this is a true Tate technicality. Do Gray Scott gets on the Ducati, chases Ethan Hunt down and whatever, 
and they go from street to the rocky beach and the ducati changes tires mid-ride don't know how it went from slicks well i think you know it's the batmobile (laughs) (laughs) there you go it just hit the button (laughs) the tires change out they're just like yeah guys come on i didn't catch the tire change but like the front wheel spinning around, shooting, exploding scene, yeah. no, did nothing for you? No, and how did they not hit the gas? The uh, motorcycle is like 50% gas tank. Yeah, <laughs> He would have blown up if he got hit at all. Not the glass or not the windshield getting shattered. And no, Yeah, that was, there was some, some bad stuff there. What about having the um, the message in the beginning come from in the, 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 gla- the, in the glasses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he throws them in the throws explode. Them in the explode. See, I always like that. That's I, clever. Yeah, I liked it. Clever advanced technology. <laughs> that's... Four years later, and it's much better than the tape he puts in his, in his arm rest of, uh, <laughs> right. of the John plane. Of the plane, goes... yeah. <laughs> um, I, I looked back quick for the, to find the note on the who the U2. Is this is in the first movie is where I saw the note. U2 bandmates Larry Mullen Jr. and Adam Clayton were nervous about remaking the legendary theme song. And so they put out their, their own version in New York City. And Mullen did it in Dublin on weekends between sessions. I remember so. that was a huge talking point about the movie because they were like, the Edge, did it? Oh, Edge and Adam that. Clayton were doing the, uh, the sound or doing the song. And then, so that was like a big, big like selling point. So, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that was but just to clarify, the one. second one, Limp Bizkit, yeah, does have their take a look around um, song. Is the the main riff is from the Mission they Impossible? It. Yeah, they gotcha. like they take it, and it does appear on the soundtrack. So that, that's what I was thinking. But I just I just assumed like that the more that drum sound and it did sound like Limp Bizkit and sound like that song. So I thought they did like an extended break of without. Adam, uh, what's his name? Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Uh, um, not uh, Adam. Not Adam Durst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fred Durst, like rapping on it. So I, I just I always thought that they they did the whole the whole, the whole thing for it. You now know, you want to did the composed. Well, now you want to hear the Adam Durst version, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> who is Adam Durst? Count of Crows. No, that's Durst. Durst. Yeah. I was. Yeah, that's who I was yeah, thinking. You of. And I were wrong. <laughs> we were close. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled differently, but same, maybe same, same vein. <laughs> well, he hangs out with Mickey Rorke, so <laughs> I do love Counting Crows. I know you do. You do know that? Did that's we why, see him together? That's why we thought uh, oh. it was weird that you didn't know who the singer was. <laughs> <laughs> You've been lying we to this whole time years ago. We talked about. All right, good. Yeah, August and everything after. Great album. Oh, fantastic! Limp Biscuit, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see. As the franchise grows, I we've all talked about we enjoy where it goes and we start to get closer to the muse and who's going to be, you know. I think, in my opinion, it turns after three and it becomes progressively better. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, I'll have to look up, but I think it's because maybe the writer of four, not the director, because I know the director of four, but the writer of four might be the guy who ends up taking helming the, the future ones. Yep, I think uh, I think you haven't. Have you seen them all, Brady? Oh uh, yeah, oh, you it's have. been a long time. Though. It's been a while. I don't think yeah. I've seen three since it came out and I saw it in the theater. Yeah, so it's been for sure been a while. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to to get into yeah four, five, and six for sure, and and to rewatch three and see if that's if like you're saying is right that that's where it starts to make the turn for yeah. sure. As always, thank you for listening. This tape will self destruct in five seconds. Before it does. Please subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, and go to bed.
Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you.